da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Are you serious? Ladies and It's showtime. All right, man, fam. It is the summer, and it's summer movie season. But this time comes to us via Bezos. The Amazon Prime, they scooped up one of the big summer blockbusters that uh, went the COVID wayside 2020. And here we are to talk about it. In mid-July of 2021, it's The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt. So welcome back in. Mad About Movies for this week and our movie of the week. I'm Kent, joined by Richard and Brian, as always. And I want to tease our awesome VIP throwback episode this week. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's mm. been 30 years since that. I've heard boy. of it, so it's been cool to watch it. Yeah, yeah Richard, <laughs> I'm watching it for the first time. Yeah. It's a great experience for him. Yeah. So we'll get those thoughts in the VIP this week, and that episode will drop exclusively for those VIPs on madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Sign up there, get those AMAs, get that Discord access and all that. Speaking of Discord access, guys, as we start the conversation on the Tomorrow War, this might have been the, uh, I don't know, most excited I've seen our Discord in a long time when talking about a movie. You know, we have our What I'm Watching channel where on the regular, uh, you know, every five minutes people are just throwing what they're watching currently, whether that's TV or movies. And The Tomorrow War was one that was very popular with our Discord community last week. Mm-hmm. And the, the commentary really seemed to be surprise more than anything. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to check this one out. It's on Amazon. And then, wow, this is actually pretty pretty fun. I'm really enjoying what I'm what I'm seeing here, and that spawned into a lot of fun conversations there. So I think we can start there just with expectations for this one. I know personally, uh, Brian, when I see a movie that's purchased by an Amazon or a, a Netflix, uh-huh. I'm automatically my instinct is to say it's going to suck. But I think <laughs> maybe this could be a turning point. A movie yeah, like this, trying. where yeah. where not all movies purchased by streaming services have to suck. And we're just going to have to get used to, you know, the movies that would normally be taking over the weekend uh, in the summer are now going to be exclusively on Amazon. And that's where we are. But I have low expectations going into this. And I think that's just kind of what I'm attuned and accustomed to thinking at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a, there's definitely a, this is partly us and it's partly them, right? Like we need to come to a compromise essentially. Uh, we, we probably need to, we need to give these, these movies more due more credit, uh, or at least a little more go in a little cleaner on, on anticipating them. And, um, the streaming services need to do a better job of giving us quality movies that, that fit this kind of bill, you know, because we've seen, Obviously, we've seen Amazon have a lot of success with uh, like Manchester by the Sea, and Sundance like, movies, yeah, 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 good awardsy type Big movies sick. and yeah. dramas and things like that. We've seen the same with Netflix. We've seen the same with all of these these streaming services and stuff. It's it's this kind of movie that uh, Netflix has really set out this last year to try to to find. And they really did well in twenty twenty with stuff. They with did extraction they did. and and old yeah. guard were. Right, we're pretty solid for them. Yeah, and and I mean they're they're doing great as far. I mean I think they're doing quite well as far as the the ratings of those movies go, or the the eyes that those movies are getting and whatnot. Um, but we all know that 
we we all know that at this in 2021 the the big blockbuster franchise type movie is what brings in the dollars it brings in money brings in eyes all that kind of stuff and so far the most of the streaming services have been lackluster in trying to find good quality franchise type movies and launching their own franchises out of them so that they're not having to pay the licensing fees to show the Marvel movies or whatever, or just losing them outright when every studio in the world decides they can do their own streaming service, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of both. I think, I think we probably need to change our expectation or anticipation for the movies that are, that are coming our way from the streamers in this field. And, and again, you know, Amazon, Jeffrey Bezos and, and whatnot, Jeffrey Bezos, uh, they, they it. need to, <laughs> need to uh you know be discerning with what they're what they're buying what they're going to stamp their name to you know you can't put up cloverfield paradox and then expect like netflix did a few years ago and expect uh customers to get excited about those movies beyond cool i get a free movie that i can watch because i pay 12 dollars a month for for netflix or whatever you know so there's yeah. there's got to be a little bit of both yeah uh richard any thoughts on on Amazon purchasing a $200 million blockbuster like this. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to imagine the return on it, especially with their... I think it, it, their business model really doesn't make sense for this. And look, far be it for me to tell Amazon how to run their yeah, business. But, how their business model is flawed, right? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, let the your, way... Let your workers pee would be one thing. Right, say. Yeah, we cool. will say that. Otherwise, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with their... Yeah, I mean, Brian touched on it a bit, but... If it was one of the, it almost makes more sense with the more monthly payment plans that you would go, okay, this is two hundred million. We can do a blockbuster, but we'll get this increase in subs for, that you know, month. a month, and yeah, then they'll linger right. on. But like so right. much of Amazon subscriber base, base is obviously annual, but so they're not going to sign up for this. Um, but it's they're also pretty passive because a lot of people get it for the shipping or whatever and the all the other perks, and then. You know, you 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 love the video content, but it's almost kind of an add-on, less and less so as it becomes more established. But you know what I mean. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to like, it's hard to attribute revenue to this movie at all. Um, does it mean that it's not worth it to them to ha- to have perks for existing subscribers? Not saying that, but it's it's really hard to attribute. Okay, we spent X on this, but our subs went up point seven percent in July and August, and a lot of those stayed on, and so it was worth it when everyone's an annual subscriber. But right. but maybe if people buy annual become prime members for a year at a much smaller rate, the the margin is a lot higher on that. I just can't yeah. that's that's less of a I think that's I don't know if that would happen nearly enough to to make that worth it. Right. And especially when it's such a new property like the Tomorrow War. Like how many people are signing up exclusively to see this when they don't know what it is really? Maybe word <laughs> yeah. of mouth. You know, it's not like it's a Spider-Man spinoff or something where you at least have some idea, oh, I'm into Spider-Man. I'm, I've got to check that out, you know, right? So this is kind of, its if it's a, its own thing, it's a little bit harder of a sell, I imagine, than most properties yeah. would be. And- Bad trailer, too. That's part of it, because I, I think, anyway. I mean, I love blockbuster movies and sci-fi, and I like Chris Pratt, and they really banked on this is a this is a big-budget movie with Chris Pratt. People will, will pay to see that, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then the trailer was bad. It was bad trailers. You know what really interests me and the model I think could work better for Amazon is the the theatrical window of three to four weeks and then then it hits Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, you gain that 
that public awareness. People go see the movie. Wow, I really liked that movie. That was better than I thought it was going to be. When's it going to come on streaming? Oh, oh wow, it's going to be on Amazon in three weeks. I'm definitely going to sure. watch it again or check that out or tell mm-hmm. my friend to watch it. You know, it, this exclusive streaming thing, I just think it's tougher. It's it's a lot tougher to gain to get people flocking there, unless it's a Disney Plus or a Netflix or or something that has that sort of uh, cachet already when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, quality films. Even though mm-hmm. Amazon does have the subscribers, you're right, Richard. It is more about people already have it. You know, <laughs> it's not like they're yeah. really engaging with it that much. Uh, speaking of that, I did talk to our friends at Talk Sport last week about this movie and mentioned that it was on Amazon, and they said. They don't have Amazon. Like, yeah, they don't. it's not a thing over there. Like, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime is not a. Everybody in America has Amazon Prime. It feels like at this right. point, but right. I guess internationally, it's just not nearly as big of a thing. Maybe a movie like this helps Amazon Prime, the streaming service, internationally a little bit more. So, sure, um, we got to yeah. think about that. Yeah, it's it's they almost have to rebrand it because Prime is so built in with two day shipping, you know, and that's logistically pretty hard to pull off outside of the U S when their warehouses are mostly in the U S. So, um, yeah, I wonder what they, I, I know a lot of the movies get picked up, you know, there might even be on Netflix or, or things overseas right. or, or sky right. or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I wonder if they'll ever even, you know, try to like white label a, a streaming service exclusively over there. Sure. Like Disney has that, the star mm-hmm. service. Or yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great idea, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I've seen a lot of content, uh, you know, promotion on, on social or whatever for star. And that's a great way to do adult content and still have it on Disney plus without <laughs> having it as Disney plus content. I mean, that's just some, some really smart thinking by those people. Okay. Let's get into this movie. Like I said, I had low expectations given the fact that this was an Amazon movie, but again, this is a $200 million movie. So you got to think Paramount Pictures, when they were making this movie, they uh, thought it had potential, potential enough to cast Chris Pratt, who I'm sure uh, his price is very high at this point, and to uh, throw $200 million into a production and a big budget production um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the effects side of things. So uh, this movie met all my expectations when it came to, I think, the script uh, by writer Zach Dean, who I've looked into, and this is a guy... I think we need to probably pay attention to more as an up and coming writer. He's got like eight projects in development mm-hmm. from b- the blacklist over the past 10 years. And uh, this is one of them. He's a former like science teacher or like somebody who went to, you know, college and just kind of taught school for a little bit and wrote some screenplays and starting to get some recognition. I think this is a really smart screenplay because I think it takes a lot of pieces from some familiar science fiction that we all have come to know and love and really turn it on its head and make it its own thing. I think the most obvious comparison that I made to this one was uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, for with, sure. With Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt and just the chaotic nature of that movie, the the changing of back, back and forth. But I, I think this has some franchise potential to it, or at least I thought it did while I was watching it. But... Just the world set up here by Zach Dean, this, all right, you've got to come to the future because there's a war in the future and we're going to die. And that's a pretty simple premise, right? And I think that's a a really fun premise to play with. And I thought the exposition at the beginning, the whole setup of the story was was solid. It wasn't too convoluted. It was easy to understand. It made enough sense to where I'm not asking enough, too many questions about how does this happen? And um, I thought the... The whole setup and just the homage to, you know, sci-fi 
that scene at the beginning with Chris Pratt getting the, the armband was very reminiscent, in my opinion, of, of Total Recall with, uh, mm-hmm. with Arnold and the whole machine thing and what is happening to me and that whole thing. So, yeah, I, I think Zach Dean is a guy who obviously is a fan of good sci-fi and knows how to craft a world that, that works. And to me, this world was fun. I, I really enjoyed at least the setting of the film and the entire premise, uh, Brian. I guess I'll start there. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a... Look, I'm. I'll slight spoiler alert. I don't think I'm going to give this a positive grade, but it's it's way more about how things unfold down the stretch that I yeah. don't think are scripting. So, I agree. I think the script is is it's a it's an interesting concept. It's it's, yeah, it's definitely premise heavy, and the premise premise yeah. is is cool. Yeah, totally. It, it's fun. It feels kind of Philip K. Dick ish. That's a word, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> the uh, the Philip K is crucial there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it kind of has some of that. It's not um, maybe as satirical as as Philip K. Dick tried to be usually, and was sometimes very successful at. So it's more of like, I mean, there's more like comedy almost in this when you get Sam Richardson in there and stuff like that. I mean, that that's clearly the the way they were moving for towards instead of like some of what you might get with like Heinlein or, um, or like I said, uh, Philip K. Dick. And so it has like a, I don't know if this will resonate with y'all at all, but it has kind of that like dime store, um, sci-fi book feel to it, which I read a yeah. ton of when I was a kid. Cause my parents yeah. were big dorks and, and had, uh, have shelves and shelves full of 150 page or 200 page, uh, you know, yeah, it does have kind of a Philip K. Dick short story yeah. feel to it. Yeah. 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 And I, I dig that. I mean, I, lo- yeah. I, I love that stuff. Um, you know, I would say if you're going to, if you're going to go that route, which I, I felt like was, was pretty influential, you should make your movie probably hour and a half long, not two and a half yes. hours almost. That would have been something that I might've done given it goes from sort of pulpy the, dime store to yes. attempted epic. And then yes, you exactly. immediately grade exactly. it on a different, yeah. And and which what's frustrating about that is like I think you probably and I know I know we harp on runtime probably too often and I'm trying to be mindful of that. But we also are in this this weird era where it feels like every movie has to be two and a half hours long and not every movie is deserving of of two and a half hours. And this is one of those that just you feel like I did at least, you probably have a better chance of setting up a a tomorrow world franchise if you're if you do kind of pl- instead of going epic if you do continue to let it be pulpy sci-fi and stuff but uh but yeah little criticism but yes i i thought that the i thought the premise was really strong and fun um i i could definitely see a ton of of quality influences in it and i i think that there's um there's like a i mean there's a really solid movie in here even if for me it probably didn't quite turn out to be what it what it could yeah. have been and i don't think that's this i don't think that's the the uh writer's fault i think and yes you're and you're totally right can't this guy's got like he's the the writer on the danny boyle movie that's coming out next year i believe mm-hmm. um he's got a carl sagan biopic that he's the writer on and he's working with uh bradley cooper and uh gavin o'connor on Methuselah, oh, like a, he's got a, 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 yeah. a, it's a, a, a movie about Methuselah from the Bible. Um, there's another, uh, what's it called? Atlantic Wall, I've heard, is another Yeah, that's the Bradley thing. Cooper joint. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a World War II thing. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So he's got, and Michael B. Mm-hmm. Jordan's in Methuselah. So like they, they have a lot of, he's, he's, he's clearly is a guy that, that Hollywood has identified as like, this is one of the up and coming 
voices in kind of blockbuster type filmmaking. And so um, I'm definitely, this movie certainly did not give me any pause. I'm like, I'm not sure this guy is the, the guy. I think I, I can totally see how he is in going terms to of, yeah. some really good I'm going to watch that Ethan Hawke movie did a couple years ago. Have you, either of you guys seen that? Um, 24 Hours to Live? I have not. Yeah. Have no, not, I no. saw I saw it. Um, saw it out there, but I mean, Ethan Hawke's in so many movies these days. It's just like, you see it at the red box or whatever. And you're just right, like, oh, okay. Right. You know, you, you don't sure. know if it's good, but this, this, this certainly watching this makes me want to see that because I don't know if this guy is going to set the world on fire with dialogue, but I think mm-hmm. the concepts and his just overall uh, understanding of movie structure, I think, and we'll see, you know, with this world war two movie and the biopic, you know, I think he just over under overall understands movies and how they're kind of conceptualized. And mm-hmm. this, this to me is proof of that, at least for a, a world that I would like to explore and want to, want to play sure. around in. And I think sure. that's a really tough yeah. sell for science fiction a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we start this thing out. We've got Chris Pratt, uh, as Forrester. Uh, what's his, uh, it's, um, Ned Forrester, Bob Forrester. Uh, I, I don't know. No, Dan. it's uh Dan, Dan Forrester. Forrester. Should be Ned. Change his name to Ned. That'd be note. Number well, I like a Bob. I like a good Bob. <laughs> we need more Bobs in movies. People don't, they don't use Bob because they think it's too cliche. You know, yeah. that's why there's no bobs. Let's need more. I I think that's a an homage. His, the fact that his characters, you know, the the, the teacher and all that, certainly da- Zach Dean is, is homaging his own past as a school teacher. There, I would think, uh, mm-hmm. in with that little uh, notion. I love that opener, though, man, with the World Cup. I didn't see that coming at all, uh, and. For the 22, 2022 mm-hmm. World Cup in, in Qatar, Qatar, being interrupted by a future war uh, was a really cool way to kind of start this movie, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That was a fun... It's a fun concept. Fun concept. And I'd seen that in the trailer, so I knew oh, that okay. was Oh, okay. I didn't see the trailer, but, so... But it was... Uh, yeah, it was, it's a good It's a good idea. It's a good idea. All of this, again, I think it's a good, it's a good idea. Uh, well, well... Uh, I don't know, well executed, but but well well thought out, well put together, and then to like to take from that that open that is very explosive, literally, and then to do three minutes of exposition to fast forward us ten years or or, or however many years. Sorry, I mean five years. That's a smart that that works because again, like this movie should be uh, I don't know hour 40 at most so at that point i was like man how is this going two and a half hours because here's here's like here's my real well without getting too spoilery here here's my rebuttal to that i think there's 90 minutes of good movie here (laughs) like i think if you edited this down to 90 minutes it would be good like without taking anything you know without shooting anything additional i guess so um so yeah it's a little bloated but i think that's to be expected a lot with 200 million dollars at the helm and kind of calling the shots there. You want as much action as you can get. And uh, all these this bloated stuff is quite the norm these days. So it didn't surprise me. It often surprises me more when movies are, you know, like a quiet place where you can get in and out in 90 minutes. I think that's awesome. And it's a rarity more. But uh, this this seems to be kind of kind of a typical blockbuster when it comes to the bloatedness of it. We get a little family drama here with his daughter uh, Murray, who he leaves behind in the past. So what happens here in the Tomorrow War? Uh, we've got to fight this war in the future against an alien threat, but the military is not enough. 
Uh, we've got to draft people. We need your help, everyone. Uh, so we've implemented a worldwide draft. I see a lot of political satire there. I don't want to go down a road there with that, um, the implications of a worldwide draft, but the, it happens in the film. And uh, people of all walks of life are recruited to uh, become soldiers, but they don't really know why they've been recruited, but they are. They're drafted via a text message on their phone, <laughs> which is a, a stark, um, I don't know, scary thing that could actually happen. I, I guess if we're getting Amber Alerts on our phone, we, we could get drafted via our phone if, if, if uh, we're taking things that serious. But, <laughs> but that happens. He leaves his daughter behind, Miri, to go fight this war because he is qualified, according to the, uh, the draft, to go do it. So he gets there and, uh, you know, it goes into basic training. By the way, I thought it was interesting that they had to bring their own weapons into this war, too. It's very curious, like, hey, we don't have anything, man. Whatever you got. And they're, like, checking their weapons in, in through security at the beginning, you know. I thought that was a really cool thing. Like, you got to bring whatever you got. It's like a Minutemen situation. And um, we'll see, see, see what we can do with our own their own power with basically no military. I thought that was a cool, mm -hmm. a cool thing where they didn't train them up. It's just like, come shoot, shoot some stuff and then come back. That's, that's really all we're asking you to do. The basic training was like five minutes before they were shot into the future. So right. it's very, very limited um, qualifications to do this, but he's trained by a Colonel, a very qualified Colonel. And <laughs> basically it's revealed I guess we'll go spoilers now. Spoilers. Yeah. Tomorrow War spoilers from here on out, if you haven't seen it. It's revealed kind of, I don't know, 40 minutes in, something like 30 minutes in, that this this uh, colonel is his daughter in the future, right? I It's my opinion. I think that would have been a great <laughs> reveal for the end. Like, you save that, and he builds this relationship with Colonel uh, Murray or whatever. He doesn't know her name or... She goes by a pseudonym and then they gain this bond and then they make this vaccine, whatever. And then he finds out it's his daughter and it's this huge emotional moment. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but I, I thought it was kind of like a, a wasted opportunity to have that reveal so early on in the film. Brian, did you, Richard, did you feel that at all? Uh, it, you know, I kept, yes, in retrospect. It was like when I saw her at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's going to be his daughter. Right. And then and then when they revealed it so early, I was like, oh and I was like that I feel like they could have they could have teased that a lot more or made us want that a lot. Maybe they people because everyone saw it coming, which is why they did that. Um but yeah. yeah, I I think, you know, in such a premise heavy movie, you kind of expect there'd be a few more twists with it. So like in the moment it didn't really bother me. I, I guess in retrospect you go, Okay, this could have been cooler another way, but but I was still kinda in at that point. I got out later though. But I was still in at that point. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I think it could have gone either way on that. You, if you save it, that's fine. But you do run the risk of like, clearly this is his daughter. We get it, you know. So to kind of bust it out when they did is is it's fine. I I didn't have a I didn't have a beef with that either way, really. Cool. Well, uh, we also meet his father, James Forrester, played by a really jacked J.K. Simmons. I mean, yeah. Santa <laughs> is jacked in this movie. <laughs> Came straight from the set of Justice League. <laughs> he did. Immediately from the gym and those pictures to the set of The Tomorrow War. And I uh, love me some J.K. Simmons. So when he pops up, it's always good to see. Didn't have much of a role in the movie at the beginning. 
everything kind of happens and it's like, wow, what was his, the point of him? And then uh, J.K. Simmons is very uh, important to, in the third act of the movie. So let's get in toward the, to the second act. So Chris Pratt goes to the future. He, he's his daughter there. Him and his daughter have to create a vaccine, right? An antidote, if you will, to the, mm. to the white spikes, the aliens that have um, taken over the world in the future. So they create a vaccine. And when they do, basically there's this big battle, uh, helicopter battle. And I was watching this movie, guys, and I literally said, like, holy F out loud, because it gets crazy in this movie. Like, this movie's freaking crazy <laughs> in a lot of areas, like when it comes to the action and just the, mm. the overall chaos of this, I felt and I loved. Just like, I don't feel like we get good chaotic action enough. And it did remind me of Edge of Tomorrow in that regard, where when Tom Cruise just goes into the future and it's just total chaos war. Mm -hmm. I really felt that here, especially when the helicopter is just flying around and there's like five white spikes on this helicopter and it's flying yeah. around and they're dodging it as it's like sure. crashing around them. You know, I thought that moment was just like my jaw dropped at that. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. that was a, something I didn't expect to see something like that in an Amazon exclusive, yeah. if that makes sense. But I feel like they used about 80% of the special effects budget there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. could have saved a little bit for, for the end, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they create this antidote, um, but all these future soldiers, uh, you know, they go back. They're only there for a limited time because they, they want to preserve as much life as they can. And mm -hmm. so it's time to go, right? And Dan Forrester's like, hey, you're my daughter. You need to come back with me because we've lost all this time. And she, there's this very emotional scene, which is obviously going to happen where she's like, you left me in the, uh, <laughs> you know, you left me. It's a, the interstellar scene, right? Of Murph mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, confronting your dad about you weren't there. You left and I grew up and I had a life and all this stuff. And I mean, that's, that's just a crazy thing. And I told my wife this, we were both watching this movie. Say you're Chris Pratt. And this future war happens. Say this is a real world scenario. They're like, okay, you need to go to the war and you'll be back in two weeks. And you're like, okay, cool. All right, guys, see you in two weeks. You go there and you're immediately accosted by your daughter for leaving 30 <laughs> years later, right? Right. It's a very strange thing to deal with. And I thought Chris Pratt and his character, Dan, and just the way they approached that in the movie was really, was really well done. Um, sure. Because that's, I mean, that's probably really, probably harder than most of this is just dealing with the whole time displacement of the of the whole thing um so mm -hmm. so yeah that that's hammered home here another little homage to different different sci-fi that uh you know 2001 and other other um sci-fi sci movies that play with with time displacement i like that and this is where i thought the film should end guys right here when they're going back to the past she sacrifices herself you know and then he goes back to the past. He has the vaccine. And then it's, oh my God, thank God you've you've created this vaccine. The end. That's where the movie ends. That's 90 minutes in. But then mm -hmm. we get, this is, I mean, I'm totally with you guys. Then the movie completely just, just like jumps the shark, honestly. Yeah. And gets this whole volcanic ash thing and we've got to go to russia to find this down spaceship mm -hmm. and kill the aliens before <laughs> they, they can awake earlier and than we thought it's like yeah man right. you had something so good going here 
and you just threw a a Michael Bay third act into this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it really yeah. disappointed me. <laughs> I was super with it up to that point. Like the last when he returns, he's got the vaccine. I'm like, is this the best movie I've seen this year? No, but I'm I'm gonna give this a pretty good grade. I'm enjoying it. I'll happily come back, watch some of these, you know. If you want to do five of these, cool. I'm I'm in. I'm in. That sounds awesome. The tomorrow and war, I'm, the yesterday yeah, war, yeah, totally, the totally. Day after yesterday war, go for <laughs> right, it. Yeah, right. Whatever you want to do. And I mean, look, we we just did a review on our VIP last look, last week for us was Fast Nine, which I think I gave an A minus to, and Independence Day, which I gave an A plus to. I'm very willing to accept stupidity in yeah. movies as long as it's done well and it's entertaining and all this sort of stuff. And so I'm even willing to look past some of the the foolishness that comes along in that third act, or not even overlook, just suspend reality on Sure. Uh, he's the first one to ever think of, huh, I wonder if these things have been there for longer than the two years that we looked in. That's weird. Um, yeah, that's, okay, That's fine. the sequel. Whatever. Like, that's, that's the sequel. Yeah, to totally. And, and I can yeah. see that for sure, Ken. I can, you set up the world start, here with start, this. Yeah, yeah. Start and the then you give us, there. if people okay, like it, yeah. give us another one. Sure. Okay? You don't, but okay, even if you feel like you need some sort of wrap up for, for this thing, um, the whole like the government being like, nope, not don't care, not interested whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, here, okay, well, it's just me and my dad and some some underqualified people who were drafted and somehow uh, lived through this. We're gonna we're gonna trek out into the ice. We're gonna find this sucker. I'm like I'm teetering, right? Like I'm I'm kind of on the edge. And then they get in the ship, and it's like this whole thing has been pushed to again. I'm fine with. I understand it's a movie. We got to make poor decisions. All this kind of stuff. All right, whatever. But like when you get into the ship and they figure out this whole thing and it's very Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I like Prometheus, so I'm, I'm kind of OK with that, too. But when it's like, OK, we got these uh, we got these, I don't know, poison dart things and we can only you know, we got to kill all these these uh, creatures here. And we've made this huge deal for the last hour about how the queen is the most important one. Yeah. And then we're like, you know what we should probably do is we should keep her for last. We should make sure we stick all of these little drones, basically, with this poison, but right. don't bother with the queen. And, and they almost oh, crap, leave. the queen's out. They oh, almost no. leave, and, and they're just, like, wait, what about the queen? And they go yeah. back. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I, that no. was like a, what are we doing? What? Come on. That's like, that's bad horror movie level of, yeah. of putting Sloppy. this thing together. Yeah, for sure. And that, and to, that, me, me that to me proves like yeah, like there's who was giving notes on this before Amazon right. bought it because that's right. such, so easily fixable. It's so easily, yeah, yeah cut it, yeah. cut it out straight up. Cut it, do an extra, extra scene or something. I don't know. Yeah, do it, do a t- tomorrow war. Yeah, a special uh, thirty minutes of extra put. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, to me that the reason I use Michael Bay is because to me, what it honestly reminded me of. And this is a probably a stupid comparison, but Pearl Harbor when. The whole movie at Pearl Harbor comes, and you've got this 40-minute Doolittle's raid sequence at the end. And you're like, what are we – this is a different movie that we're watching. <laughs> that's what I felt here. Pearl and, Harbor in a long time, but yeah. And yeah, neither have I, but that's what I remember about it, is being yeah. super into it for about 90 minutes, and then it just, for another hour, just takes a completely d- different direction. And And yeah, I mean, I was in for 90 minutes of this. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was like on the A level for 90 minutes of this, but like it took a whole grade step down at, mm-hmm. at the end. And I often yeah. say that a movie's ending can make or break it. And this was a case of break for me. 
Yeah. And then I don't know how you guys felt on this. I'm not the most discerning when it comes to this stuff. So I'm sure uh, Thomas of Wilson is going to yell at me in the discord. The special effects in the, in that final battle or whatever were horrendous. Yeah. yeah the it, light, it, the light. I thought the, the creature, creature design on the whole was pretty bad. I thought the creature design yeah. was, was not that gr- was not that great. It was like they couldn't decide on one creature. So they sure. So they morphed uh, a few together. Morphed like four creatures. Like into one. O'Brien, yeah. They're they like, well, we don't know it. if yeah. we wanted to have tentacles or claws. What <laughs> right, about tentacles yeah. and claws? And claws. Put oh. your hands together. Right. Um, one of those. I, I was fine. Like, you're right. The creature design was for me. It was like, fine. It was fine. Um, but they didn't maybe did not have the budget to finish it out in that scene. And to me, it's like we this isn't like uh this isn't a a a, a made for DVD movie, you know, or it's not Resident Evil, you know. Like right. if you're spending two hundred million dollars on this movie and you got Chris Pratt and Jack J.K. Simmons and all this stuff, if you can't reasonably do the scene with the budget that you have, then you have to rework the scene because I I just I thought it was just genuine. It reminded me, I'm sure you guys never saw this movie. There's this movie from like, I don't know, 2005, 2007 with Christian Slater in it called, I think it's like Alone in the Dark or something like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just the the most genuinely horrific. It's a video game adaptation. Yeah, I played that it game is. on exactly. MS-DOS. It's in, half of it, it is in 3D. I mean, yes, in like third yes. person for like right, right. huge and portions that, of the film. Right. Or first person rather. And that's what it felt like to me with that creature kind of put up against the, the white backdrop of the snow and all this sort of stuff. And it just gets, it just gets worse. It just gets worse as it goes. And then, you know, Chris Pratt with the, no, not my dad. And just jumping in and, and going full MacGruber on his throat and stuff. I mean, it was, yeah, that looked so bad. And it, it was a, when you combine for me, when I, when you combine that with like, why in the world would we ever make the decisions that we just made? That was like a hey. I think this. Is, I'm gonna actually have this as a bad movie now, which is frustrating because <laughs> I didn't feel that way the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not downgrading. It's a bad movie, but I'm not downgrading it to recommend uh, exceeded my expectations level. It, it, I would say like is what I expected level <laughs> with the last uh, with the last of it. But again. You know, just to wrap this thing up, uh, a fun world. I I think the white spikes were were a really I don't know, interesting enemy. But here's another thing I was talking to my wife about. <laughs> like these creatures are so stupid. Like they're basically animals, right? They're basically like, uh, and they're so carn- carnivoristic that like they're not an intelligent species. I wouldn't right. I wouldn't qualify them as that. So how did they get here? <laughs> that's the whole thing I don't understand. It's like, how are they intelligent enough to fly a freaking ship across yeah. so billions of light years to get angry here, lizard know? things? Yeah, yeah, they're angry lizards. Like I, and maybe like we find out, oh, that the ship was planted here by another thing, and mm. they're like actually like dogs that were meant to wake up and right. kill us. You know, right. there that was not explained, but at least now we know that like they might not have flown here. Um, Sure. It yeah. could be some other thing going on. So yeah. that I guess that might make more sense. But the whole time I'm thinking, how did these aliens even get here? Because they're so dumb. And they're just like running around and eating everything in sight. There's no there's no plan of attack, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was a little curious on, on the sure. uh, intelligent species taking over the planet front. It was yeah. hard to buy. Yeah. 
No, well done though. I mean, because they're basically yeah, they're basically like super carnivorous rabbits. You know, I mean that's yeah. that's what it comes down. But to. But they had to fly billions of light years. Let's right, but if they're not, if it's something else that because I'm with you, I would have, I might have liked a little more exposition on that part. But I guess you can you can do that in a in a sequel if you, if right the origin of it do that, that kind of thing. But sure. I would have again, I would have made sure that. Uh, I would have made sure that I put myself in a position for said sequel by um, having a third act that makes sense. That would have been yep. something I, true, I would have looked true, into. True, true, true. You're so picky, but okay. I know. I know. What a jerk. This guy. Shout out to also friend of the show, um, Mike Mitchell of the Doughboys podcast, who who was in this and dies early on, but oh. uh, love Mike Mitchell. I uh, love the show Love that he's on or was on uh, Netflix, but... Um, and he's, he's he was doing like progressive ads, I think, recently. Um, really funny actor, and when he pops up on stuff, uh, I always enjoy his presence. And I was hoping he would last longer in this movie, but he dies uh, quite early on. But shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Mike Mitchell of the Doughboys podcast, and uh, hope he uh, hope to see him in more stuff because we like it when podcasters <laughs> are successful because yeah. be competing the, with us and Knives Out too. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. It's good to have competition. Right. Exactly. Uh, Chris McKay, the director, by the way, didn't touch on him, but we might know him, him from such movies as Lego Batman movie. That's yeah. pretty much it. Kind of a, I'm fine with it. Like, I like that, that different people get different, you know, op- opportunities to do this kind of thing. But in hindsight, maybe, a, maybe a little more experienced live, a- live action director would help yep. kind of put this thing together a little bit better, I, I would think. But it's not this. I'm not really hanging it on him. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things here that you think may, maybe a more experienced hand would have kind of steered the ship a little differently. He's uh, next project's got Lego Batman two coming out next year. Then we've got uh, Nightwing, which is a live action uh, Nightwing DC project, mm. and then it looks like he's uh, doing a live action Johnny Quest movie. Interesting. Which yeah. I love Johnny Quest. Johnny back Quest. In, Gosh, back in the '90s when yeah. I watched yeah. it on Cartoon Network reruns, but. Could could be a fun uh, property, maybe. I know. Uh, I think the Wachowskis were trying to do it for a long time, but they ended up doing Speed Racer or something. Um, if I remember correctly, that uh, Johnny Quest has been in development for like twenty years or something. Mm-hmm. The movie version. So we'll see if it ever happens. But right now, Chris McKay attached to direct. All right, I'm going to give this movie a B. I'll give it a B. I had it like an A minus range, but that last act took it down. So I'll give mm. it a B. Brian? I think I had it as like a B, B plus until the last 20, 30 minutes. And I'm going to go C minus. Richard? Exact same for me. All right. There it is. The Tomorrow War. Hopefully we'll see. The I'll watch more of these. War. Even with the C minus, I'll watch more of these. Yeah. They make another one of these, especially with Chris Pratt. Chris, By the yeah. way, we didn't touch on Chris Pratt's uh, career right now. If this turns into a franchise, I mean, good grief. He's got Marvel Cinematic Universe, Jurassic World Universe, and this. I mean, mm. that guy's doing yeah. all right. Yeah. He's doing okay. And the Magnificent Seven Universe, too. So, of course. There's that. Always. <laughs> the Moneyball Cinematic right. Universe. Yeah. Excited for that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's hit a quick weekly recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. All right, uh, Brian, you want to kick us off sure. this yeah. week? 
Good week for Amazon for me. I'm about to give the the most old man recommendation I think I've ever given on this show, um, except for the time I talked about Steely Dan for three hours. But uh, I there's a new season of a final season of Bosch that just hit Amazon wow. Prime. Jeez, yeah. Like oh my I just, gosh, Brian, I know. I just raised. I raised the age of the uh, the average age of the listener of this show by like thirty years. Is that um, a spinoff of Bones? <laughs> it's not. It's oh. not. It's way better than Bones. Um, wow. I had never watched this show until pandemic, and I I binged all like six seasons of it in about a week because I just was super super bored at the beginning of quarantine and whatnot. And I I it's good. It's good. It's a it's a. Uh, it's a quality detective kind of show, and I like Titus Wilover. I think he, obviously he's always like a an interesting character actor to me. He he plays the main character. Um, yeah, I've got like two episodes left. It's only eight episodes, I think, of uh, of season seven, uh, but they're all right there on Amazon Prime if you want to get in on on old man TV with me and uh, and have a good time. And I think there's supposedly there's a spinoff coming with him and another character from the show that it's going to start next year or something. I don't know if that'll be any good, but uh, I'm 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 enjoying I'm enjoying the the seventh and final season of of Bosch, and uh, I enjoy it way more than I enjoyed the Tomorrow World, the Tomorrow War, excuse me. So there's wow. there's that. So okay, Bosch Shots on fired. Amazon Prime. Yeah, shots fired. Very good. Okay, Richard, what you got? Mine's a new book that I think you'll like a lot, Kent. There's a new Hitchcock book out. Did you know this? Oh, I did not. I'm very interested. Yeah, so it's been it's been my read the last few days. It's it's excellent. The Twelve Lives of Alfred Hitchcock, and it is it kind of tells different stories of his life and different um, parts of his personality, what made him a great filmmaker and artist. But that does it through like kind of the plots of twelve of his movies and things. So it's cool, kind of structurally, uh, pretty cool biography, and uh, yeah, really interesting life and and all of that. So I can't definitely definitely up your alley if you're needing a needing a book or an audio book or something. I think, I think it's something you'd really dig. I've been trying to do a little more film history since I do this stupid podcast that I hate. Yeah. Be prepared to, to, I mean, you probably already knew this, but be prepared to, yeah. to be fully, fully aware of how misogynistic, uh, yes, Alfred absolutely. Hitchcock was. And that, I mean, that's, know. that was kind of the, uh, the scream queen. He kind of created that. Right. So it was, a, it was a, the blonde woman in the movie was, was a whole thing back then, but he took it to quite the extremes. And, um, but yeah, be fully aware of just the, the overall shortcomings of him as a person when you read it. But, uh, man, I'm excited about that. I was, I drove across the golden gate bridge today, guys, for the first time. Oh yeah. And was reminded of, get some vertigo uh, action, some vertigo action. Yeah. yeah. I, um, flashback to that, uh, that moment. And also the moment in Godzilla when Godzilla, uh, <laughs> crashes over the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. as well. Uh, so, so yeah, very fun. Uh, I'm out in Mendocino County right now, and I'm going to recommend something that has to do with this. I don't know if you guys have seen the show Sasquatch on Hulu or if you've heard of it. I've seen like a trailer or something. Okay. Like yeah. So um, it's the show uh, on Hulu called Sasquatch, and it's basically this investigative journalist um comes up to Mendocino County to investigate an old Bigfoot sighting from the 90s where um, a couple of pot farmers in the 90s were, uh, rumor has it, mauled by a Bigfoot and never seen again, right? So he, using his investigative journalism skills, he, you know, he's a guy who investigated 
you know, all kinds of like rape crimes and things like that. So this was, it was he's not a paranormal investigator by any means, but he wanted to investigate this because he lived up here during that time and had always thought it was a story he should investigate. Well, let's just say the, the, the series starts out as a Bigfoot investigation and quickly shifts into a different type of investigation. And I don't want to, mm. I don't want to spoil it mm-hmm. because I think it's worth watching, but don't think that it's this Bigfoot show that you're watching. Like that's, I guess that's the setup of it, mm. but it turns into something a lot, a lot different. Um, but it was very funny because I watched the show and my wife, my wife was out here with, uh, with my sister, uh, on vacation a couple of weeks ago. And I watched the show while she was gone and she comes back and goes, you know where I think we should go um, this summer later is Mendocino County. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> because I just watched this show on it. And so I told her, it was a, it's basically the equivalent of like me just watching Make, Making a Murderer and her walking in and being like, you know where I think we should go? Mansawak County in, uh, <laughs> in Wisconsin. I think that'd be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> be like, okay, I'm willing to go. We might, something my bad it might happen to us there. Sure. But uh, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the, how I feel, but. I wanted to recommend the show because uh, I think people might have seen it thinking it was like a weird Bigfoot thing going on, but mm-hmm. it's not that at all. And I think okay. maybe you guys would would kind of enjoy where it, where it ends up. Uh, speaking of, a friend of the show, Matt Wetrich and I, Richard, uh, recently recorded a little, a little UFO talk over the weekend that we, that we put out because the government has put out their, their UFO report on what they know about UFOs slash UAPs. And we got into all of that for about an hour. A lot of fun conversation. Matt is more of a skeptic on the side of the conversation than I am. So a lot of back and forth, a lot of fun audio that we played from from years past and UFO talk. So check that out on the VIP. That's exclusive for our VIPs. It's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. You sign up there about a dollar a week, get you all those episodes. And that might end up on the main feed at some point, but I can't promise it. So if you want to listen to that at any point in the near future, you need to be a VIP and uh, get on. And you get the Terminator episode this week. Yeah, too. So for come sure. On. For sure. It's funny on that. Like uh, people were talking about it on our discord. I didn't know that that, that was a thing. Ken. I didn't know that you'd put that episode up mm-hmm. and people were talking about it. I was like, what, what are these people talking about? But I don't remember anything we say in an episode after, you know, three minutes after we get off the air. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so, we and we had just put out independence day, you know? So I was like, that doesn't really ring a bell of the things that we talked about in that episode, but I guess we did. And then today I saw that I was like, Oh, okay. That makes <laughs> so much more sense than, than what was, uh, what was being said. Yeah. I kind of teased that. I think, um, during our aliens podcast, I, I gotcha. said, I, I would, uh, hopefully we could do a, a proper discussion about real aliens at some point. And, and, uh, me and him were about to go out of town. And so we wanted to knock it out before, before then and get it up for the vips after the uh after the thing but but yeah man fun conspiracy talk like i said in the in the episode that's what kind of got me into podcasting was was ufo podcasts and all that coast to coast am talk so so a little fun thing we did and on the side with the vips mad about ufos check that out now as well well this has been a fun episode thanks for listening please make sure to subscribe because we got black widow talk coming up here real soon in the week or next week or so and uh, that, that should be fun. Also, make sure and follow us on social media, at Mad About Movies. You can follow me, at Kent Garrison, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Richard's at Richard Barden, and Brian is bgill 12 
and hopefully we'll see you soon next time at the Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya Your silence is grand